0: Hello, and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so honored to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we're in this together and we have some great people helping us along the way. Now, many of us find ourselves tied up in knots somewhere along the path of parenting. This is a tough job and we're the ones who are charged to do it. Many of us have turned to parenting books and podcasts like this one and experts to try to kind of piece together the best parenting practices for us. This is not a one size fits all since no two children, are exactly the same. Sometimes what we've been told to do isn't quite right for our kid. And we need to look into non-traditional parenting approaches to help our children thrive and survive and help us keep our wits about ourselves so that we're doing it and having a good time and making sure that we are helping our child, not harming them. You might have heard some terms along the way like gentle parenting and conscious parenting and positive parenting and intentional parenting, but this does not mean that We know what all of this really means in practice. And that's why I'm so excited to have my guest on today to talk to us about it. And our guest is Destiny Ann Davis. Destiny Ann Davis isn't a parenting expert, she's a working mom and a certified parenting coach who has learned it all by simply doing and listening and reading every book along the way, just like all these listeners and me. I love that. She advocates for peaceful parenting and positive discipline techniques that encourage both the parent and child to connect and communicate. That sounds like us. Her positive energy and upbeat approach to parenting has resulted in her TikTok channel growing to over 900,000 followers in just a few months. And actually the last time I checked, it was at a million and a half. Her approach to parenting isn't clinical, it's real life and focused on helping her followers become more peaceful and positive people. Don't we all need that? So that they can raise more peaceful and positive kids. So welcome Destiny Ann Davis to How to Talk to Kids About Anything.
1: Hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so, so excited. Thank you for sharing me with your community.
0: I'm very excited to have you. Congratulations on your new book.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're so welcome. Very intentional parenting with the VIP very much front and foremost. Before we get fully immersed in our conversation on talking to kids about all of these things like that come up that make us feel like, ooh, we're really frustrated and then we need a new technique. Can you tell us what gets you up in the morning and what sets you on this path of talking about intentional positive parenting?
1: Oh my goodness. That is such a good question to lead with. Thank you so much. I would say that what gets me up in the morning, obviously it's my two little girls, mm-hmm. one, because I love them, but two, because I have to get them up in the morning,
0: happy. <laughs> you can't just leave them asleep all
1: day I can't I get up because they would make me but just this desire for them to experience and love and enjoy life I really don't have too many other desires for them whatever that means for them and so just to be my best self so that I can support that and then my community of parents that didn't have a space or a place for the things that they genuinely felt in their hearts. Just that confusion of this is what I long to do. This is what feels right intuitively. And this is also the uh, opposite messaging that I'm getting from parents and social media and the lady at the grocery store. And so I get up and do what I do so that I cannot just make that a safe space, but to make it more common and to make it more digestible and to show people that they make sense. You
0: do a really wonderful job. I I have to tell you, like, I mean, before your book came out, I was already watching you. I, I have like my people that I watch all the time and you have such a, an accessible way about yourself. And there was something that came up recently that I wanted to ask you about. That is, it's, I don't think it's actually in your book, but it's in your work. Uh, And it was when I went back to like one of your very first videos uh, that that went viral and it was on, you know, not hitting your kid. Do you remember that one? I? (laughs) I mean right okay I mean the thing about destiny everybody is like she's like hey here I am like I'm so frustrated yeah I feel like hitting my kids sometimes but I don't and here's what I do instead like it's it's very real but one of the things that you said that made me like just file it away in my head was you weren't raised in this way you weren't raised with intentional parenting positive parenting in fact like you said like if I forgot to flush the toilet, like I was going to get smacked. So I lied, you know, like I would lie about it because I, I didn't want, who, who the heck wants to be punished like that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm like tempted to say that some people might think to themselves, well, look at how Destiny came out. Like she's came out really well. And so in her, and she was smacked or she, and she was like berated in this way. I want my kid to be like, on it she's successful so then why am i going to change it like what what sets you like on this other path and why are we not to think like maybe the way you were raised was not so bad since you're so great
1: my response to that would be ask anyone who knew me before i had children if mm. i was so great <laughs> there, <laughs> there was and still is so much trauma and damage exactly. and and it, I mean, it's it was, and there's still residue of it, but it was very evident in my relationships and my interpersonal skills and my communication and being able to regulate. All of those things are things that I have to work on daily. And the only reason that I am intentional about them, I promise you is because I have small people that mm. model my behaviors that hold me accountable that I have to show up for every day. But no, when people say I'm okay, I turned out fine. No, I did not. I just work really hard and have an amazing therapist and mm-hmm. love my kids and this world enough to show up every day and try my best to be better.
0: Mm. Isn't, it, isn't it amazing that we are able to, to recognize those kinds of things in ourselves and realize that we can work on them and imagine what could happen when we are purposeful in the first place, intentional in the first place, so that our children don't have to deal with that kind of trauma and they start almost like with a head start on life, right? Yeah. 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 So you say that's that the start of intentional parenting is knowing who you are, where you want to go, and what you value. I actually did a whole presentation for business owners who work with children on values and intentions. So this was like, ah, this really resonates with me. Like it really spoke to me and it really spoke to them very much like this is work that we need to do for ourselves Mm -hmm. and and with our children this is not like hey let me talk to you about this parent like and the child this is I gotta do this work so where can parents start with determining which values are really their top values so that they can integrate it into their parents parenting and set intentions around those values
1: Yeah, I think the biggest question to ask, first of all, is am I modeling this? And if so, it's truly a value. And if not, it's it's an aspiration, it's a desire, but there's gonna be some conflict there. It's gonna be hard to set boundaries around something that for our kids that we can't actively set boundaries around for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's number one. And then number two, yes, I'm modeling this, but where does this come from? And am I okay with where it comes from? So a value might be um, timeliness per se, which by the way is not one of mine. Yeah, but yeah, I was like punctuality, I, not one of mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> punctuality, exactly, punctuality, there we go. And asking yourself, well, where is this coming from? And if it's coming from a place of fear or people pleasing, Mm. or, you know, growing up in a time where urgency you had to be, or there was going to be a consequence asking yourself, what does this, not necessarily getting rid of the value, but asking yourself, what does this value actually need to look like in a way that I can feel safe and show safety to my children? So those two things are important. Mm. And then lastly saying, okay, I know the values, forget what everybody else says. This is what my boundaries are going to be around and the people next door may not think it's important to sit down and have family dinner together but I value family and family feeling Mm -hmm. and that's going to be something that I'm not as flexible as but yeah maybe we can be late to school every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) One of the things that you wrote in your book and that that resonated with me and that I, I, I talked about as well I was really so in line was like you didn't use these words but it was kind of like when you say something like punctuality is really important to me. Like, how does that taste in your mouth? Like, how does that feel to you? Are you lying? Like, you know, like, you know, you're, you're not really being honest with yourself or like something like, I value a minimalist lifestyle. Like, that would be nice. Like, I think that would be great if my, like, everything was minimalist in my household, but like, it's not who I really am. Like, I, you have to kind of be honest with yourself. So, so How do we know that what we're saying is actually who we are and not kind of like the pipe dream of like how we kind of wish we were born?
1: Mm. I think it's important to look at when our children model it, what comes up for us. Mm. And I'll give you an example. For a very long time, I really thought that I valued like softness and Mm. gentleness. And I just wanted to be like very meek and just like... (laughs) It sounds crazy to me now. It sounds crazy to me now. But when my daughter would be like fiery and sassy and fierce, it would bring up so much shame. And I would instantly go into shutting it down. Like, you can't talk to people like that. That's rude. That's not okay. So many judgments and labels. And what I realized for me again was that this wasn't my value because it's who I am or because I actually genuinely think that it's important. This was my value because when I was being the opposite, it got shut down. Wow. That is very meaningful.
0: Yeah. I I was, when I was reading your book and I was like going through the exercise and like, "Mm, Destiny, you're asking a lot of me here. (laughs) Like, you know, like it, it really was like uncovering things for me because you, you have to be very honest with yourself throughout the entire process. And there's always things that we're working on. Uh, I mean, that's just whether or not you're a certified parenting coach or a child development specialist or what, like we're not inhuman. So we still have things that come up for us, whether, you know, it's me every couple of months, like losing it, you've smoothed it over, you've been calm, you've, you've, you've gotten down on your, on, on your knees and you've talked and you've, you've said everything. You feel like you've said it a million times. And finally you just you just explode, or you know, you go against the value that you really hold dear. For me, you know, that family is really important to me, and and love and connection are really important to me. So when that happens, that feels terrible to me. So how do we deal with that piece of when our behavior does go against one of our deepest values, um, so that we don't get sucked into the shame spiral that we yeah. can?
1: I think that it's important to ask ourselves more questions and lead with curiosity before we go into trying to fix it just like with our kids as well I I exploded and now I need to go apologize and I need to do this and we need to change the routines but and I think that it's important to be intentional and ask well why did I explode and why wasn't I honoring this value and it typically comes down to a belief that's still there or a feeling that we're ignoring
0: mm-hmm.
1: for me my value one of my biggest values is freedom mm-hmm. and I'll get in seasons where I just start to be very controlling of um, mm-hmm. just what they're saying what they're wearing and mm-hmm. they're, yeah and when I recognize that my first question is well why am I being that way and where is my sense of free, freedom being controlled And how are my needs around that value not being met and how am i actually feeling that about Mm that and Mm -hmm. how is it showing up? And oftentimes I find that when we are out of alignment with our values, when it comes to our kids, it's because we're not actually upholding those values for ourselves and in our relationships and in our experiences. Mm
0: -hmm. And I mean, and it it feels really crappy. Like, I feel like one of the, the positives is when something like that happens and it, create something in our bodies and our bodies go this feels horrible what just happened that you probably hit on one of your big values right then and there right you're you can't pretend around it and you need to pay attention to it you you talk about this reparenting process that has to happen because sometimes it has to do with like the fact that we weren't parented maybe in the right way around a certain value as you mentioned Many people don't didn't have a great role model um, or didn't get their needs met as a child, as you mentioned. And how is it that we then can reparent ourselves in that moment when we're bashing ourselves because our value was punctuality and we were late? Our value was, you know, connection and we yelled, like whatever it might be, and then we're feeling really
1: crappy. Mm -hmm. I I think one of the most important things to do is to ask ourselves what we're needing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in that moment and empathy is I would say one of the number one things that a lot of us did not get Mm -hmm. as children so again not trying to fix it but just peeling it back and showing what what it really is for me a lot of times what's underneath that is the emotion of shame Mm -hmm. and grief Mm -hmm. And for me to just sit in the car before I get them or before we have the recap conversation where we fix things and just say, wow, the reason you've been so hasty with time and getting them out is because you're trying to control what the day looks like because you don't feel like a good parent right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're, You're trying to rush things. You're trying to check all the boxes because you don't feel like a good parent. And there's a lot of grief around there because- You're a single parent and you're worried about how that's going to look and you're projecting and all of this stuff that has nothing to do with rushing them out of the door Mm. and just being able to sit with that, seeing how it's impacting the moment and just holding space for that. Mm. And that that may sound weird, but the more that you do that, you're like, wow, this would have been really nice to just have somebody Mm. allow me to get it out. And doing that for myself is probably the biggest part of reparenting for me because Mm -hmm. I'm able to heal it the more that it's revealed, you know?
0: Right, right, okay. So we're all about communication on this podcast and you're all about communication. You talk about in your book that in the conversations that you have with your children, it's important to remember that we're talking to other humans Mm -hmm. who have feelings, and deeply rooted beliefs, and you ask, do you want to be heard or understood? So I'd like to play a game with you of don't say this, say that, that I like to do with some of my people. (laughs) I will give you a scenario and you can help us kind of dissect like what not to say and what to say. Oh, this
1: is fun. Communication is my top three value, So let's do it.
0: That's it. It's one of mine too. See you and I, boop, boop, we're on it. Okay. All right. Classic. Your child is having a tantrum in the middle of the supermarket. What do we not say in that moment? And what do we say? We don't say
1: stop. (laughs) We do not say stop. I would say we do say, I'm right here. Or how can I support you? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's like the knee-jerk reaction right there is like, you know, get off the floor, you know, you're making a scene. Nobody else wants to be, That's what Nobody was- wants to be bothered by this situation. You know, you're disturbing people look at their faces. They're so disturbed. Okay. So going back to needs, which is really important. And I know that you've said that a lot in your videos, like you 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 can have my attention right you don't have to do this to get my attention you you can have it okay your kids not, this is not coming from real life or anything okay <laughs> destiny totally not <laughs> completely random okay your kids are fighting with each other in the car because one of them got the good seat mm. what do you
1: not say and what do you say stop fighting it's always i, I don't say stop you all are too loud. This is crazy. I would say we can figure this out. But she always gets the good
0: seat and I always have to sit in the bad seat. They look the same to you. Okay. (laughs) They look the same to you.
1: Well, I'm a very big, and I know this isn't easy for everybody and it wasn't always easy for me, but I'm very big on lighthearted in chaos so mm-hmm. I probably would have said something ridiculous I probably would have leaned into it said something to make make them laugh mm-hmm. yeah like it's so ridiculous that her seat is black and yours is off black like this isn't making sense we gotta call the <laughs> leather people like and they would just laughed and then we would have went back to no seriously let's, yeah. let's figure this out
0: humor is so good too okay your child keeps getting out of bed You've already said goodnight and you're tired. What do you not say? And what do you say?
1: You don't say you don't care about me or you're not listening. You do say you are safe. How can I help you? How can I help you feel safe?
0: Right, so, you, so sleep in this room. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's happening, right? That's happening next. and. And then, okay, they're like, um, "I need another glass of water. Um, I miss you. I need another book. I'm not tired." Um, and this is now maybe this the sixth iteration.
1: Yes. So you don't say you're being manipulative. Mm-hmm. You do say very clearly what you are willing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to get you one more cup of water. And any request after that, unfortunately, is going to be a no. And I'll be here if you get upset. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. boundary setting very big on destiny's docket big, <laughs> big deal big deal okay all right your child is complaining about the food that you've prepared once again
1: well I've done this long enough to know that I don't prepare anything without the type of pre-conversation <laughs> um, but you have to eat it you're not what I wouldn't say is you know you can't have cookies if you don't eat it I would probably just say, well, that's okay. Eat what you can. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it goes back to that situation that you said, it was in the book. You said something like, uh, I want you to imagine that your child is like 35, yes. like an adult, right? And, and how would you talk to an adult? And it almost seems comical what we say to a child when you put it that way, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just be like to a 35 year old, like You'd never say like, no, you have to eat that. Like that, that's what I've prepared. Right. And you can't have dessert now. I mean- if they just logically
1: articulated, you know, I really don't enjoy this. Just- I don't enjoy this food, the texture. Right. I don't like it. Or my stomach hurts. Mm-hmm. Or I I find rather play right this second. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there would be some sort of response, but it wouldn't be, well, you're not getting any cake. And so you,
0: <laughs> you must clear your clear your plate, which we don't do. That's a definite, no, don't say that. Don't clear your plate. That didn't tell kids to ignore their inside They're triggers. Inside, yeah, exactly. Yes, we don't, we don't want that. Okay. You talk a lot about triggers. Speaking of triggers, you admit that children can be really annoying, which I appreciate. <laughs> and that sometimes you can handle your triggers and other times they handle you. I love that. Right. <laughs> So when it comes to your triggers, what do we need to know in order to start to get a handle on them so that we don't lose it?
1: Yeah, number one, know them, obviously. You'd be surprised how many people aren't even conscious of the fact that this is every single day you're getting triggered by the same thing. Same thing. Attention. Number two, plan for them. The idea of coping ahead has helped me so very much. So regulating ourselves, like pre-regulating, and getting ourselves into a grounded state of, I know when she gets home and she goes into the drama about school, I get mm-hmm. triggered and it brings up all the mean girl stuff. And I had all the curiosity goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Let's handle that. And let's deal with that first. And then when you're in the storm of the trigger, I always say, whether they're triggered or we are triggered, just shut up. Just, just be quiet. Just be Oh, quiet. just shut up. Oh boy. We got to stop jogging. Everybody's don't like, say anything. Everybody's like, "Well, I don't know what to do in those moments." That's great because you all you have to do is nothing. Stop. Nothing. <laughs> say nothing. You can do that. There every are times. Time.
0: There are times where I know that I'm not supposed to say anything. I, I there's so much going on in my body at that point that I'm like, you know, the the, the the thing inside my body and my head is like, oh no, like I'm going to say something right now, you know, but don't say anything. Yes, I'm going to say something right now. You know, you have like this this thing in your head, like you feel like you have to get it out because it's like swirling in your body. What, what can you do about that to get yourself to listen to the voice that says, let's not? Let's yeah, just
1: absolutely. Not. Well, first of all, I have this illustration that really Makes me chuckle in the moments when I'm freaking out, out. And there's like logical me in one room, and there's emotional me in another room, mm-hmm. both soundproof rooms. Oh boy. And, and emotional me is just screaming <laughs> to rational me just over and over. And it's like, just walk out of the room, walk into the logical room, just shut up, walk out. And so for me, what walking out of the emotional room looks like is number one, like I said, pausing it's really helpful for me to be able to name things, for me to be able to say right now I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling annoyed, being honest Mm -hmm. about that. Acknowledging why and where it's coming from, I would say it's probably like 60% of the battle, honestly. Nice. Being able to name that and then sometimes recognizing where it feels in my body. I know it's a little you know, woo-woo for some people, but I know where anxiety lives. I can recognize it in my body. And so I help that calm down. And then the most important thing is having an actual calming tool. Mm -hmm. Having an actual calming tool. For me, it's breaths. Sometimes it's silence. Sometimes it's music, turning the lights off. Knowing what actually helps me calm down is so powerful. Mm -hmm. But I think we first have to acknowledge the feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. I take a shower if I can. That's Ooh. like a really good one for me. It's good because I'm in a space where nobody else would come. Like they would know <laughs> they wouldn't come into that room. Right. The, I, and I can't get out. Mm-hmm. I mean, not easily. I mean, you know, the water's going, I have no clothes on. Like it's, you know, you're not just like, you can't just run out. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a good spot for me to, wow. to, to, to get it together, yeah, it's really good. You you mentioned in your book that there are times where you've said things like, "Hey, body, like
1: you're doing that thing with your shoulders," and you know, well, it works for my kids, but it also, like, it just really works for me because some stuff yeah. does seem nonsensical. Like, yeah, yeah, you're trying to force the kid to eat yeah. that. That makes sense. <laughs> okay, you have a,
0: a chapter devoted to connection. So good because that's one of my very highest values communication and connection. Like, for yes, some of
1: the values, it's up there for me, too.
0: I know, right? Family, communication, connection. Yes. And uh, <laughs> funny that we do the thing that we do, right? Tess, <laughs> this is like funny that we wound up yeah, right. in this. <laughs> I I liked this technique you described that, again, like you asked to visualize your child in the future. And so how would you say that, because you talk about that in that chapter, like, how would that help you with the connection and compassion piece in that moment Mm -hmm. to, to, to move that child from just thinking of them as the six-year-old, the nine-year-old, the 13-year-old to thinking of them more on like an even keel, like the 35-year-old, the 50-year-old, the 70-year-old,
1: 70-year-old. Well, the obvious reason would be that as adults, it's easier for us to connect with adult experiences. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gives me the language that I hear from so many other humans. I interact with two kids. I interact with a bunch of adults. So Mm -hmm. that's just what communication typically looks like all day. And then the kids come home and they're whining about a Cheerio that they Mm -hmm. stepped on. Yeah, I don't see those kind of complaints Mm -hmm. from adults, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to hear it, at an adult language, like, oh my gosh, it's been a hard day. I've kept it together. And then this is the last straw. I feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can connect to that. I can connect to having a hard day at work and then coming home and realizing that I left the milk in the car and Mm -hmm. I gotta go back downstairs. Mm
0: -hmm. It would take three
1: minutes, but on top of a hard day, it feels Mm -hmm. like three years. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I do that. And I feel like that is what helps me to connect to their emotional experience.
0: Right, right. And, and so in, in those moments, then that's really where a pause has to come in because you have to interpret what's happening through a new lens. Isn't that correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So you're, so you have a situation like they're fighting with each other, or they stepped on a cheerio, or you know their 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 jacket gets caught on a chair, and like they flip the chair, and they now they're crying, and you're this seems so minor. So let's say that that type of situation happens. What is it that you would say to your child who's now flipping out over something that seems very small, so that you're connecting? And showing compassion to them.
1: Step into their world and validate what they're, what they're saying. I don't necessarily have to own it or make it true, but recognizing that it's true for them and their experience and just naming what you see. I see that this is like really hard or that makes sense. It's like one of the most powerful phrases Mm -hmm. that I use. My kids don't really like when I say, I know, or, you know, you're feeling, they don't like that. I guess I've done it too much. (laughs) I say that makes sense. It's like, it does make sense. I can connect the dots that when you need or feel this because of this, this is the result. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And saying that makes sense. Number one, validates their feelings. But again, it helps me to pause. I have scripts because if I don't have a script, I'm going to ramble and lecture. And the more I lecture and it's not working, the more anxious I get, the more I need to fix it, the more I'm projecting into what kind of adult they're going to be and what that means, what kind of parent I am. And No, I keep it very simple.
0: What would you say are your like top three most powerful scripts that you like to use? <sighs> that's
1: so good i i will say the ones that i use the most i don't know if they're the most powerful but the ones that i use the most are um that makes sense obviously there's so many how can i support you i say that all the time uh i also say this moment matters Mm. quite a bit um you're a good kid obviously i say that all the time you are the light i say that to my daughter a lot Mm. yeah yeah that's beautiful
0: So I liked your ideas regarding collaboration and how how you use collaboration with your children to figure out values, roles, expectations, so that everybody is on the same page. You're seeing that maybe there is more fighting or the kids are using too much screen time or there's something that's kind of deviated from the norm and you maybe called a family meeting or you are just talking to them randomly right now and you want to be collaborative about the solution. How how would you use collaboration as a tool to, to get to a solution?
1: I love this question. Number one, because you said probably one of the most amazing things I got from my childhood which was family meetings. I'm so glad my parents did that. It's such a big deal to not have to fix it right in the moment. You're like, I recognize the culture's off. We're going to lean into the moment right now, and then later we're going to have a meeting. Communication goes into collaboration, right? And so what I typically would do is validate everybody's experience first, acknowledge it, being curious, asking questions first. Well, what's going on? It seems like you're upset that she's taking your stuffies. You're obsessed that she's taking your stuffies. Can you share? Mm-hmm. Giving them space, right? And what I just said is really important that we're making observations and not judgments. Mm-hmm. Not like you're being mean to her. You're being mean to her. Those are judgments. Mm-hmm. And judgments just, they put adults on the defense. They're definitely gonna put kids on the defense. These are mm-hmm. observations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Not a lot of wiggle room there, right? And so we start with observations and curiosity. And then I share my concern with them. My concern is that you all both don't feel safe right now. You want something and she's not giving to you. You want something she's not giving to you. We can be collaborative and going back to, we can figure this out. What are your ideas? What are your ideas? That actually did just happen recently. And we decided that all the stuffies belong to everybody. And as long as you are in the presence of the person who got the stuffy first, whose stuffy really is, completely fine. And then when we have more issues with the stuffies, we come back to the family meeting and we we try again. I'm committed Mm -hmm. to continued collaboration and recognizing that's what problem solving looks like. Sometimes it takes time. Excellent, excellent. So we're coming up to the top of the,
0: On the bottom of the (laughs) podcast. So, I would love to hear your top tip. What would you want us to come away with after reading your book or listening
1: to your words today or watching your videos? What's your top tip? Okay. So, I work with a lot of clients and I have a ton of people in my community. And let me tell you, they all and everyone listening has the answers. You have the answers. You know what works for your family. I always say this time, all the time. You are the expert. And so the number one thing that I want you to do in parenting in the day-to-day moments in your life is to just pause, stop and pause and give yourself the opportunity to call on whatever tool that is, whatever resource, get the help that you need and be able to show up to your children as your best self. But that only happens when we are able to pause, reflect and set an intention. Excellent.
0: Excellent. And give us the resource of the week. Where can we go to get more information about you, your book and the work you're doing?
1: Yeah, you can go to destinyand.com. All my socials are there, my book, so many other classes and resources that I offer as well.
0: Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today and talking to us about all of your great work, about your values, about making sure that we're doing all the great things that you've recommended in terms of our parenting, really getting on our children's level and having them see us as and see them as real humans who have feelings and and that we have the ability to do this, that we have the skills and the the know-how to do this. So thank you so very much.
1: Thank you. This was a pleasure. Thank you
0: so much. It's my pleasure too. Well, I've got my takeaways and sweet friends. I know you have yours. So let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. and go to the Dr. Robin Silverman page or let's check a chat about it at drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash drrobin. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok just started all that. And I will be going back and forth with Destiny because she said some things today that I feel like we need to slap on some memes, send our way and have them shared with all of your people so that everybody can realize some of the strategies she provided, some of the words of wisdom she provided, and that they can then use them in their own homes. And speaking of that, please go to iTunes and rate and review this podcast if you loved it so that other people know more about it. The more you talk about it, the more others will find out about destiny and the more that they'll find about, out about this podcast. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, curriculum, please visit Dr. Robin Silverman com. There's so many great podcasts up there and the show notes to this podcast will be up there as well. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days when you fall short, you've got this. You're here. You're getting the information you need. I know that sometimes we mess up. We do the wrong thing. We go against our values, all the things we talked about today. But never forget, there's always a tomorrow. Parenting often provides us with the ultimate do-over. I'm right there with you. And as there are moments when we doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.